Hello, and welcome to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. And now, here are some thoughts from our dad, Brad McClure. Well, hello, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. So glad you chose to join us once again this week. I hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a wonderful Easter. I wrote about it in last week's newsletter. This week's newsletter, I guess it is. Talked about our God reigns. I stood up in front of our congregation. It was a record-setting crowd for us. And led this hymn, Our God Reigns. And when it got to that chorus and that third verse, wow, I just it was good. It was a great way to start the service. Great way to start Resurrection Sunday, celebrating the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. I hope you had a great one. And I hope you were encouraged by that newsletter. I want to talk to you a little bit this week. Last week we were over in 1 Samuel 22 and we were with David in a cave. And I spent some time, I'm, I'm enjoying the thought and the study of David in a cave. And I said last week that while David was in the cave, he wrote at least two psalms. Now I think you understand that these psalms are songs. And so David was literally singing in the cave while he was discouraged, while he was overwhelmed, which we'll see next week, while he was on a run, on the run for his life. He was singing in the cave. I read this this week and I want to read it to you. I thought about writing on it and I think it, it, I just want to read it to you briefly. Follow the story. Elizabeth Elliot, if you've not heard that name before, Elizabeth Elliot is a godly lady. Wrote some great books. You ladies out there, I encourage you to read it. You men out there, I encourage you to read them. I had to read some for my college courses, or in my college courses, while I was in college. And just just a great lady, great spirit. And here's, here's what's interesting. Her first husband, Jim Elliot, went with four other men to this hostile tribe of Indians, and he was killed. He was martyred for the sake of the gospel. They were cannibals, if I remember right, and they killed him. And she remarried later, and that husband died of cancer. So Elizabeth Elliot went through a lot in her life, and in an address to Urbana Missions Conference back in December of 1976, She told of being in Wales, and she was talking about watching a shepherd and his dog. She said that dog would herd the sheep up the ramp and into this tank of antiseptic. And and the sheep would be bathed in this antiseptic. And And the purpose of it was to protect them from parasites. And I thought this was a neat story because I've been writing about this on the blog bradmcclure.org as I do Psalm 23 and so I just saw this and I thought this is this is pretty interesting. And so this this shepherd and the sheepdog would herd these sheep up into the tank of antiseptic that was going to protect these sheep from the parasites. And as soon as they would come up out of the tank, the shepherd would grab the rams by the horns and fling them back into the tank. And under the antiseptic for a few more seconds. Just hold them underneath there for a few more seconds. (laughs) Mrs. Elliot 
she said she asked the shepherd's wife, she said, do you think these sheep understand what's happening? And the lady said, they don't have a clue. And Mrs. Ellie went on to say, she, she said this, and I'm quoting now. She said, I have, I have some experiences, I've had some experiences in my life that have made me feel very sympathetic to those poor rams. I couldn't figure out at any reason for the treatment that I was getting from the shepherd I trusted, and he didn't give a hint of explanation. Man, I thought that was powerful. You just picture that shepherd grabbing that ram, that ram thinking, what is going on, and throwing it back underneath that antiseptic again. And everything was going to be good for that ram, but the ram didn't understand. There's several situations we could talk about. Probably illustrations I was thinking of Simone in my own life, but but that leads us into Psalm 57. Because in Psalm 57, we find David probably at this point still alone. We talked last week about how God brought a crew to him. He brought the, the people that were distressed and they were in debt and they were discouraged. And he brought those people and he brought David's family to him. But there was a time period when David was alone and maybe when he was singing and writing this psalm. And I want to read Psalm 57 to you. There's about 11 verses, so... But I want to read some of this to you. And I I want you to just keep in mind that David is not going through a good time. but, But check his spirit. Listen to his heart in this. He says, Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth in thee. Saying, God, I trust you. I don't understand. Kind of like a ram. You're throwing me underneath this... This liquid again, I don't get it, but God, I trust you. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Now remember, you remember the name of the cave that he's in? Yell it out loud, just like last week. Yell it out loud. What's the name of the cave that he's in? The cave of Adullam. Remember Adullam? Well, you remember what it meant? Review questions. Are you getting it right? It means refuge. And see, what I love about this is David says, I'm in the cave of refuge. And yes, this rock over me is protecting me maybe from this crazy king, but God, I'm not trusting in this rock. I'm trusting in the rock of ages. I'm trusting in you. Under the shadow of your wings will I make my refuge. Unto these calamities be overpassed. He says, I realize they're going to end. And I love that perspective that he has there because there are a lot of times that we're in a situation we think this is never going to pass. This is just how life's going to be. This is, no. Get underneath the shadow of his wings. Think long term. He says in verse 2, I will cry unto God most high, unto God that performeth all things for me. Here's his heart now. He's already established, God, I trust you, and I'm I'm making you my refuge, and now I'm going to cry out to you, God. I I am going to ask you still. I'm still overwhelmed. I'm still concerned. I still don't understand And so David, unlike that ram, can cry out to his God. He can cry out to his master and say, God, what is going on? Verse 3, his confidence, he said, He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up, Selah. Boy, do I love that word, Selah. I started to research that a little bit some more, and I thought, i got to come back to Psalm 57 for now. And The word Selah means to pause and reflect. It's actually a musical term. So as David's singing this, it's a time to just pause. It's a pause in the song. There's some musical notes. I know I said I lead singing, but I don't know much about music. But I know there's some notes that reflect pause. 
but there's it's deeper than that. When David would write that, or whatever psalmist would write it, I think it's also in Habakkuk one time, but it just means, hey, let's pause for a second and think about what we just talked about. And so he's pausing. He's thinking about crying out to God. He's thinking about his deliverer. He's thinking about his refuge. Boy, I love. I, I just love that Selah. I got to come back to that in the podcast for sure. But let's keep moving. It says, God shall send forth his mercy and truth. My soul is among the lions. Hey, this is the truth. They're trying to rip him apart. He says, I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongues a sharp sword. They're, hey, they're after me. But verse 5 is very similar. Is it the exact same? Possibly is verse 11. And I think it's the theme of this. Because here's what he says. Be thou exalted, O God above the heavens let thy glory be above all the earth now hold on now david you're in a cave hiding why are you talking about god's glory why 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 aren't you just focusing on that god will you rescue me part why aren't you just focusing on that hey god uh these guys are tearing me apart maybe Maybe let that part just lead you into a little bit of complaining and and in the complaint of your soul. I think it says somewhere else in Psalm. But instead he zeroes in on this. God, I want you to be exalted in whatever comes of my life. He says, God, let thy glory be above all the earth. You see, David understood something that we're still saying thousands of years later. That our life is not about ourselves. It's about God's glory. And so if God gets glory in David being in the cave, then so be it. If God gets glory from David running and not yet being king, though he's promised, then so be it. That's a tough position to be in. That sounds real good when you're saying it behind a mic. Sounds real good when you're listening to it in your car. But the next time life's trials knocks you on your back, see if you're singing that same tune. It's not easy. God, you get the glory even in this cancer. God, you get the glory even in this death. God, you get the glory even in this divorce. God, you get the glory even in this trial. He says, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit for me in the midst whereof they have fallen themselves, Selah. But here's what he comes back to. He just started to, I I don't think so. I think David's better than me, but it's almost like after saying that, he's just like, get back to the problems here. You know, remember God, they're doing all this stuff to me. But in verse seven, my heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. He said, I'm committed to this. I'm committed to this no matter what. No matter what I go through, my heart is committed. My heart is fixed. I'm going to sing and I'm going to give praise. You say, well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm just going through a lot right now. I just, it's just, I'm really frustrated. Hey, turn on some worship music and sing. You say, well, well hold on. You didn't hear what I said. I mean, I'm just, th- things are terrible right now. I, hold on. Just turn on something and sing. Send a text out of praise about what God's done. Our God still answers prayer. Our God will take care of you. He is our refuge. Verse 8 says, Awake up my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I, I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. 
For thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. There's that same verse. He's saying, God, let me just wrap this up. Verse 11 was the last verse I was reading. If you're not following along in your Bible, he wrapped up this little song in the cave all alone by saying, God, you be exalted. You get the glory. I don't know where life's taken you. Maybe you're doing great. Maybe you're loving life. Good. Give God the glory. Worship him. Praise him. Be thankful. Maybe you say, you know what? Right now my life just stinks. Everything that you could possibly imagine that could go wrong is going wrong. Well, praise God. Give him glory. Now, I I realize I'm saying that on the other side of a microphone. And it sounds easy. It's like standing behind a pulpit. It's easy to say things when you're behind the pulpit. But without getting into detail... And without 100% success, I myself am going through some, some pretty difficult times. But I think God has me in the cave of Adullam reading and studying because he knows that I need to remember that God gets the glory no matter what. Praise him no matter what. Whatever you're going through. And so, I, I love the thought. I love the thought of David being alone. And by the way, I really emphasized that last week about getting alone in the cave, getting alone somewhere, and then the word, that same thought, I could dig down deep on again with that word sila, which means to pause and reflect. And I just think we live in a society that no longer pauses and reflects. We think we have a bunch of Christians that no longer pause and reflect and that's why our churches are filled with stressful people because we don't truly get alone anymore and just pause and reflect on God and sing some songs and so i want to i want to encourage you whether you're in the mountaintop or you're in the valley your life is about giving glory to God and so let's continue singing in the cave Hey, thanks for sticking around for my ramblings. Hope that thought there and that devotional from Psalm 57 was an encouragement to you. Can you just picture that shepherd grabbing that ram? And if you could really think through. Now, I'm bad about that. My family makes fun of me. because There was one time, I think, a tur- I was playing. Let me tell you this story. This will be my ramblings today. I was playing golf with my dad. And a turkey c- crossed our path when we were going down a fairway. And I said something to the effect of, my mind just gets racing and I'm like, I wonder what that turkey's thinking, you know, or I wonder, you know, if we've ever crossed paths with that turkey before, where's that turkey at right now? You know, I even think right now he's probably dead by now. He's might've been shot, but you know, these weird thoughts go through my head. I don't know where, how'd I get off on this? That's why this is ramblings, but I just wonder about that Ram as he's grabbing it again. The Ram's finally thinking I'm getting out of this stuff. It's crazy. And he just grabs it and throws it right back in. But It was for the good of that ram. And so maybe you feel like you're being held under right now by your good shepherd, by God. And he's just holding you under. He's holding you under. Just trust his hand. Know that he's up to something. So I hope you're doing well. Um, 
please subscribe. We had a, some couple new subscribers to the newsletter, so I'm encouraged by that. Had a couple people buy me coffee. Now, if you, I, I'm really not going to talk about this that often, but I, I saw something on one of these newsletters that I follow. It's called uh, Buy Me Coffee, and I was like, "What is this guy asking me to buy him coffee?" And I clicked on it, and it's I found that it's just a site where you can donate and. If you basically, if you're saying, "Hey, you know what? I really I liked your podcast, or I liked your the newsletter. Let me click on this, and I'm going to buy you coffee." Now, it doesn't mean that. so. When I do that, I'm so literal. Sometimes in my mind, I'm like, "Is this guy literally going to go buy me coffee?" So he wrote it out in the thing. He says, "I'm not going to. I may not go buy coffee." He was saving up for his wedding, so so I just like, you know what? I'm going to subscribe to that. So I subscribed to it. Just kind of hit it down at the bottom of the newsletter a couple times, and then the first person saw it. And decided to buy me coffee. And I put in there, I may end up buying some chicken nuggets with it. But um, so I, now i got to figure out, I don't even know how to get that to my to my bank account. And then, of course, my mom stepped up. She didn't wasn't the first, but then she she stepped up too. So, hey, I don't know. I'm just having, I'm, I'm just having fun. I, I love, I, I love our time together. I know I never see you, but I love just talking into this microphone, talking about the Bible and hoping it helps in hearing about new people. Someone reached out the other day, said they were encouraged by it. It just, it means the world to me. So, hey, I'm rambling longer than my normal rambles. So, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of it. Go subscribe wherever you're listening right now. And go sign up for that newsletter and check out my blog. I've been writing on that a little bit more, and I want to do more of that. So, hope you're doing well. Let's rejoice that we are on the winning side because Jesus is alive. Have a great week.